This time I really mean it. We're going to record this time. I was always ready. I was just waiting for you to get ready. Well, I've always been ready. It's just that we've had a number of distractions. Yeah, all your gadgets need to be upgraded, honey. Yes, all of my gadgets need to be upgraded. You heard it here. This is the problem. Has been identified. My gadgets need to be upgraded. Yes. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Thank you for setting things straight. I'm always straightforward. <laughs> can always count on that. Uh, honey. Hi, honey. Hey. Hey. Can you do me a favor? Yes. Do you have lisp? <laughs> what do you want? You? What do you want, woman? <laughs> Can you do your magic with your those megahertz and I don't know what magic? What uh, I don't know what you do with your stuff there, gadgets there, to make M- me sound a little bit more feminine. Magic with my megahertz? I don't know what you're doing there. Obviously. Yeah. So <laughs> can you do that magic and make me sound more feminine? Just make you sound more feminine. Mm. What What do you mean? I I think you sound fine. I don't know if when I hear the podcasts, I feel like I speak like a man with authority. I, th- I think you sound great. Well, you think, of course, you're my husband. Anyhow, I speak to you, I sound great. I think you sound very feminine. I think you speak with a lot of confidence, a lot of um, authority, if you want to say. But I think it's very feminine. I don't. I don't think it has to change at all. What, really? Do you think we need to change the pitch? Maybe a little bit, or maybe okay, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe I don't know how to um, speak like females because I think they maybe they giggle a lot, maybe they talk <laughs> a lot. I don't know, but, but I feel like in all of our podcasts, you're talking straight and I talk straight. I don't have any reaction towards you, what you're saying, and I like see a lot of women when they talk with men, they have a little bit of what call coquetry. Coquetry. Okay, what? Like Coca what? Coquetry and, you know, like... Circuitry? Coquetry. Coquetry? I think it's coquetry, right? I don't think so. It's like they talk like this. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. There are a lot of these things. Maybe we, maybe we should do a little voice coaching. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't have those. Okay, I, okay, okay. So. You understand what I'm All right, saying, okay, right? Okay, so, okay, yes. I, I don't have this, those female... Yes, I understand what's wrong (laughs) you see you're even scared of me yes let's do a little voice coaching okay okay you say that's so nice honey yeah you see i don't say this stuff yeah but you should because in meetings we never do that all right okay let's do a little practice and i'm gonna say something that's gonna it's gonna seem like it doesn't have anything to do with um speaking feminine but i want i'm gonna say something and then you answer with something really feminine, like, oh, that's so nice, honey. Okay. Something like that, okay? All right. You ready? That's so American. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Oh, that's so nice, <laughs> honey. <laughs> All right, let's try, it again. let's try another one. It was not feminine. It's like a man saying it. You got to keep it, keep it. It's like a man saying it. Okay, well... Practice makes perfect. Let's try another one. Okay. 
Frederick frolics freely in fields of fine fresh flowers while feasting on falafel in France. Oh, that's so nice, honey. <laughs> See, I'm just imitating and it's not me. Well, do something. I mean, say it in a way that you... you uh, okay, maybe you need to do visualization. Maybe you need to uh, imagine that you are uh, in a in a spa. You are getting pampered by the girls in the in the spa. You're getting a massage. You're, you got the hot stones on you, and everything is namaste. Now say it. Now say it. Just. Uh. Now you got me turned on. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Say that million times. Okay, we have to end the podcast now. <laughs> you said you're getting pampered. You're in the spa, of course, when you are in a hot, steamy bathtub and you're getting pampered and all these oil massage going on. What do you say? Oh, a sigh of relief and peace? Sure. Um, you... I didn't know that will turn you on. Let Let's me see. Hold back. Ooh, your pants is suffocating in there. <laughs> Awkward silence. <laughs> Our poor listeners. We're not going to publish this. All three this of is them. Horrible. This is awesome. I love this. What are you talking about? This is not me. This is for funny. The, for the ears of three audience, as James always say. See... You 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 need That's to. That's not me. You see, this is why you sound like in your mind you sound like a man because you're afraid to let go. You're afraid to be yourself. This is the root cause. Because I want to speak beautiful, and I don't <coughs> want to make anything not perfect in see, my speech. The problem is that there's a side of sauna that I get to see that you, for some reason, are afraid to allow other people to see or hear. Well, because that side of me is only for husband, not even my mom and sister. There is side of me that is only my mom and my sister will see. Mm-hmm. There is side of me my in-laws will see. Right. But there are things that only I share. We are learned and trained in my country that mm-hmm. only we share with our husbands. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes sense. But what I'm saying is that if your concern is that you listen to the podcast, I mean, who listens to themselves on a podcast anyway? Sana does. So. Yeah, because. But, okay, so you're self-conscious about I, this. I listen to it because sometimes you ask me to see whether anywhere, you know, have to be edited or something drop off. Okay. So I right. just want to help you. Okay, so you're you're helping out and you realize I could sound more feminine. You, you, you think. Yeah, like, for example, we watch movies. You see how yeah. these American women, even they are way down into their career or maybe they never even get education mm-hmm. they have this you know feminine feminist style when they go out when they talk they have you know they they have these extra sounds extra mm-hmm. gestures yeah so make them feminine well i feel like i even go out dinner with my colleagues or i am with you on a podcast or with anybody i still feel i'm at work and i am mm, like okay you know just to the point, what I have to say, and if people say something funny, I laugh, but I have no opinion or I will not be showing, oh, ah, he. I, I don't like to do that. I don't okay. know why. But I want to learn. I want to become feminine. All right, I want so to sit in front of you, not rigid, but maybe a little bit of like this, like women do. 
mm-hmm. you know, and just play with my hair in front of you. I don't do these things. Did you notice? Yes. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I'm like a man. Okay. All right. So, okay. So you're saying that you have this persona when you're teaching at BUV or wherever you, you happen to be employed and you have this um, thing where, where you act a certain way, where you're expected to act a certain way. In some cases, if you don't act that way, then you lose control of your class. And <clears throat> what you're saying is that you have a hard time leaving that sauna at school and, and being a more feminine sauna. Is that what? Mm, it, right. Is that basically I, the issue? I am saying that I know where it comes from because for 20 years I am deep into my career if it was not studying. Mm-hmm. And uh, before even becoming an academic um, staff, I was always a manager and I have to, as when I was very young and I was always put into projects and I have to deal with lots of men. Mm-hmm. you know right. much older than me right. and that became like a habit and I cannot get out of me hmm. I feel like uh, I'm telling you something that is the truth like my mom and my sister oftentimes when we talk it sometimes ends not very uh, happy because they both think that I am showing authority or I speak uh, like I am creating a discussion or fight you know right. but that's not true it's just the tone of my voice and the way I talk. <clears throat> it, it sounds like I am trying to impose something. I'm trying to, you know, victimize them or tell them something, tell them off. Hmm. And my mom thinks that way, Shana right. also. But Shana okay. now learned that it's because of I always been alone for 20 years and I only work and I became like Charlie Chaplin. You see, you remember in that episode of Charlie Chaplin? Because he was doing routine every day, fixing the... Um, screwdriver on the assembly line even at the end of the day when he punched his car going back home on the way home he had this tick oh okay so he's do you remember he's doing it by rote yeah the, have right. you seen charlie chaplin uh i know of him i haven't i don't know if i've seen really why well, I, I i haven't seen that particular so clip. in my country every channel <coughs> available by government would show mm-hmm. charlie chaplin and we were supposed to watch it we were kids to learn something about society and we knew that Charlie Chaplin is not for kids. It's very much deep rooted into politics. You know, Charlie Chaplin was. Yes, a, he was. You know, Absolutely. He, he was there to make people laugh. But actually, at the same time, there was a very deep political message in his acting. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, in that episode where he was the assembly line worker, his job was to get a um, screwdriver in one hand and do two of the screws, you know, fix them. And the whole day his job was that. And at the end of the day, when he was walking back home, he had this tick. <laughs> you know, so I feel like I became like Charlie Chaplin. And uh, maybe that's why my speech has problem. Maybe if I want to open my mouth, people might think I'm attacking them or probably I am victimizing them or making them guilty of them. Right. Something. Well, your career is very important to you. And it's not like it's your identity, but it's, it's a big part of your identity. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, what you're saying, I'm hearing from you, is that <clears throat> in order to be successful as a lecturer, a female lecturer, in here in Asia, it's probably a mostly male-dominated, I would guess. Especially in Vietnam. Especially in Vietnam. Not yeah. the other countries. They're more liberal in Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia is basically equal. Oh, okay. It's so like half and half. Half and half. Oh, yeah. okay. But still, I mean... Even even if it's half and half, you still have to carry yourself with authority. 
Right. And you have to speak a certain way, otherwise they're not going to respect you. It's, I think, only me because... All the five organizations I worked before uh, joining university as academic staff, I was the only female on the team. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I always questioned myself, everyone, God, why don't I have any female colleague? You know? And um, the two of them was working with male of very high profile. And I didn't even want to include it into my CV the year that I was assistant to an ambassador who was leading the guerrilla war in Africa. And because his part in Angola lost, the other party, they didn't imprison him or they didn't kill him. They said, you have to forever, as long as you're alive on this earth, to serve your country. Mm-hmm. And as part of it, he became ambassador. And because he was a very high profile, he had to cover the whole half of Southeast Asia. So he's old. He cannot fly here and there. I had to fly for him. He needed a lot of assistance, mm-hmm. not only me. Right. I have to fly for him. He, uh, he, I have to present his ideas economically for the other country, the ties he wants to make politically with another country. So whole half of Southeast Asia was part of his provision. Right. And through that, I met another group of high-profile people. And I just thought, most of my young 20 years old, I was just dealing with something that was not suitable for my age. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I didn't enjoy at all my life. Mm -hmm. But I learned a lot. Yeah. So you you found yourself acting or communicating or speaking a certain way for most of your adult life. And now that you've, uh, you know, you've, you've, (laughs) you've... been around the block a couple of times and uh now you've realized well you're married and you, you don't i don't realize i'm married i know i'm married it's a fact yes okay if you would allow me to finish it will i promise it'll make sense okay. if you let me finish all right i'm sorry <laughs> so you've realized that now that you're married now that you're just a little more seasoned in life you're not as young you can you can probably get the respect that you need or that you crave or it, it's your job just by the virtue of being a little bit older. Maybe when you were 25 or 30, you had to act a certain way. Otherwise, you wouldn't be taken seriously. Right. But now that you're a little older, you're just going to be taken seriously because you're older. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so now you've realized this habit that I developed this communication cadence that I developed that I that w- at one time was necessary, maybe it's not necessary now. That's right. Yeah. And now you, you want to adopt a more feminine. Relax. Rela- relaxed. That's a good word. Right. Not rigid. Yeah. You want to chill out a routine. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I've never known you to not be relaxed or chilled out. Yeah. Generally, I'm like that. My mom always introduced. <laughs> What's the point of this podcast? <laughs> my mom always introduced like his two daughters this way like I don't have any I don't even think about my older daughter mm-hmm. she's she's the one that knows everything on the tip of her finger she's she goes by herself plan by herself does everything and she will get it she's a go-getter and um, she's she's, she's the, the one that has a very cool mind and head that's what my mom says right okay so I'm cool about everything so you're cool about everything, but you have a, a way of communicating that. Because I always believe there is a positive ending to everything. Okay. All right. 
Well, this is an interesting conversation. And look at us. We've been going for 16 and a half minutes. And it all started from you saying, I want to sound more feminine. <laughs> like, wow, you, honey. <laughs> use your that magic. That is amazing. Check the gigahertz and all of <laughs> do your magic with the megawatts and the gigahertz. So all that to say is that uh, there's nothing that I can do within my powers, honey, to make you sound more feminine. You need to sound more feminine. That's right, that's but I'm afraid now that I'm married, I might push away my husband with this kind of like, um, I don't know, behavior or attitude, call it, I don't know. Because men like, men generally <coughs> like weaker women who would say yes, oh, make those, you know, sounds, yeah, like, for men, when women go, oh, like they're so into men's, you know, story, men are drawn to those women. And I'm not like that. And I'm afraid I will push my husband away with this attitude that I have. I've never found you to not be interested in what I have to say. It may not be that phony stuff that you just described. And I know what you're talking about. Women, they know how to play the part to get to get what they want. I understand what you're saying, but I've never found you to not be interested in what I'm saying. So I understand, I get what you're saying, but I'm not that kind of man. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that's why I marry you because you portray yourself. You're different as well. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is really one in a trillion. Right. Because right. the rest trillions are men and men are the same. I was like, this man is really made of the same armor and shield as mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't go for fluff. I don't go for um, external beauty. I do go for that, and you have plenty of that. And internal beauty. This podcast is going off the rails, real quick. <laughs> 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 the tension mounts, our listeners are on the edge of their seats saying, oh, what's going on? There's a very feminine silence, I have to say. Right. If you went for external beauty, then you wouldn't marry me. Uh, because your idol woman is definitely not, doesn't look like me. What does my, Huh? Your idol woman probably should be somebody who is healthy eater, who, you know, um, likes to do coaching, maybe coaching? health and fitness mm. and, um, you know, like to do podcasts. Well, you do coaching by way of teaching in universities. You're not horribly health you're, you're not like uh ben greenfield but you're you don't eat junk you eat very little junk food what are junk food i eat um the other day you were trying to get me to eat some donuts that were inside cellophane wrapping i said i'm not gonna have that 
Yeah, I had uh, one. But that was one. But that was... It's not like that's what you eat all day. You actually reminded me because it's in a cabinet. I forgot. When we go back home, I'm going to have one of those donuts with cold milk. Go for it. Knock yourself out. Enjoy it. I I'm will. sure it tastes great. Yes. All right. It's refreshing. Oh, I was like, yeah, most of most men like the external beauty than internal beauty. Yeah, external beauty uh, is is what gets the girls in the door. But it's like you can be charming for 15 minutes, but after that you have to know something. And a woman who's beauty beautiful on the outside is great and it's going to get a guy interested in her. But if she doesn't have a brain, the men are men are attracted to uh, smarts. Believe not it or not. Really? Believe it or not. Men find that attractive. Well, men, when they like the external beauty first, they cover up all the brainless or whatever quality that girl going to bring into his life. Maybe. They will just, in certain situations. They just go with that. Maybe. Because they just, um, because men find their power in life when just a beautiful woman walk with them. They they are very different from women. When men become, when men uh, go to the lowest part in their life, they bring women in their life to help them to become somebody. But when they feel like they reach to some certain point that they can claim some ownership of what they have done and they can call it an achievement. Mm-hmm. They they want more money, they want more women. Hmm. That's the first two things men want, whether they're educated or not. But for women, it's very different. For women, when they, there's a mindset, when they have achieved something, they basically sometimes let go of the men even they have in their life. Because they cannot see disrespect, they cannot see distrust. Well, we're talking about men and women in, in vulnerable times in their lives. Mm. So, I think maybe when men or women feel dissatisfied in a marriage, then uh, and I, we've talked about this before how men will leave or have an affair when their wife is really pretty, beautiful. Got nice body, beautiful face, but then for some reason they're not satisfied with it. It's familiar for whatever reason they do, and they they find somebody younger, and it doesn't doesn't work out. I'll just say that. So, but okay. So what what when a woman is dissatisfied with a marriage, what what does she? How does she react to that? Strong women just walk away. They don't need. Because on their own, they are far better than being in a company of men who is abusive and keep looking for another woman. Well, you can't just walk away from a marriage. They can. Yeah, you can't. Living in a misery forever. Why? Yeah, forever. You, you owe it to the marriage at least to try to make it work, don't you? Definitely that strong woman give chances. Mm-hmm. It's well, not that's like what I'm a week or two, maybe right. a year, two, three, four years. Exactly. That's what, I, that's, that's what I mean. That's already a lot. I think I believe one or two, three <coughs> weeks, at, if two adults are sitting together, one talk together should be enough if both are sound-minded and know what is right and wrong. 
I think that uh, it seems a little extreme. Marriage is not like a job where you can walk away from it and really have no baggage to attach to you. A, a job, you, you don't have the same emotional attachment as you do to a marriage. You can't just walk away from a marriage. Say, I'm not satisfied with this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something else. Yeah, but... You can't do that. But you, you want to stay in a marriage that is so toxic that either party just, you know, um, go ahead and on his own, on her own, decide to stay with another man or another woman? All right. Well, there's toxic, there's abusive, and yeah, that makes sense if it's abusive physically, emotionally. Yeah, you have to get out of that. But what if it's just dysfunctional? And it's dysfunctional because the two people have... Uh, They have lost interest in each other. They've lost interest in the marriage. They've become interested in something else that has occupied their time, their attention, their interests, and their marriage has fallen by the wayside. But they both want it to work. If somebody lost interest in the marriage, it will never work. That any partner in a marriage, when they lost interest, they will definitely do the same toxic, the same negative behavior and attitude that happened before again and again and again. It just would, would be one time to say, apologies, sorry, I didn't know what I was doing, I, I just overlooked this. There's going to be these phrases, but it's going to happen again and again and again. If two people lost interest, or even either party in a marriage lost interest, they have to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because if they are not honest and do not just pack their bag and leave, they are causing so much pain and suffering to the other party, and it's not just and fair. Right. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I get that. But what, what I'm saying is when both p parties acknowledge that there's dysfunction, they acknowledge that they have both lost interest respectively, but they don't want it to end. They just have a conversation and say, things have fallen off the rails. What can we do to fix this? That That is worth... Fix what? for what? Fix for what? You are talking about when two people don't have any interest in each other anymore. No, no, Why no, do no, you no, want no, to no, fix no, it? No, what I'm saying <laughs> is that they... they come to realize they have been distracted. <clears throat> They've allowed other things to take uh, occupy their attention to the point that their marriage is suffering and it might be on it might be on its last leg. And they sit down and say, I don't want this to end. Both of them agree. I don't want this to end. Why do you think they don't want it to end? I mean, it could be any number of reasons. For example? They they both love each other, and they both acknowledge that they have both contributed to the dysfunction in the marriage. They don't want their children to suffer. I mean, that, that's just a couple that come immediately to mind. What are the couple that doesn't come immediately to mind? What now? What are the others? Well, if they came immediately to mind, I would say it. If, but they're not immediately in mind, so I can't say it because they're not in my mind. 
what I'm saying is that there are many, many reasons why couples would want to repair a fractured marriage. Maybe they just believe in the institution of marriage and they say, this isn't just a job. This is a marriage. This is special. And we owe it to ourselves and people around us to see if we can fix it. And they bear each other. Hmm? And they bear each other. Yeah. You do what's necessary to make it work. Bear each other means then the two of them will just do whatever they like to do, but no, they're staying no, married no, together. Yeah, we're we're not... We're we're on different wavelengths here. What I'm um, that's that's what I hear from you. That's what I'm saying. No, what I'm saying is that both parties realize that they have contributed to the dysfunction, and they want to fix it. They want to change their ways because they love each other and they cannot live without each other. They love each other. It could be that they don't want to be alone. They they fear being alone. Don't you think this is selfish? They want they're using each other. <laughs> I I think that you have a way of uh turning things very negative. No, these are legit questions I'm asking. I think they're legit, but I I think marriages go they go they go through ebb and fl- ebbs and flows. Not and not everything's perfect. I think mm. marriage is f- found the foundation of marriage is on trust, love, and whatever you are saying is just doesn't define um, institution of marriage and the family is getting involved. All I hear from you is two people might lose interest, but they still hang in there forever for the sake of marriage. That this is 21st century. People don't have to stay into marriage. It's it's no more. If you believe in that constitution, then that means your lifestyle is like that, and you follow Bible. You follow your everything in your life, mm-hmm. you know, in a very right manner because you follow what Bible tells you, you know. Well, okay, okay. So, I think what I'm what I'm not communicating very well is. Uh, we have a situation where there's two, there's a man and a woman who are married. Let's say they've been married for 12 years. That's a, that's a substantial amount of time. And they say, uh, they just have a conversation, maybe with a mediator or a counselor or whatever. And they just realize, I don't want this to end. I, I, I realize that what I, I have done things that have made this person lose interest in me. And this person has done things that's made me lose interest in them, but I don't want it to end. And the other party says, I don't want it to end either. We've got a lot invested in this relationship, and I don't, I don't want to lose it. And I want to fix it. So there, there could be um, two people who have basically gone their own way. They're essentially sharing a roof, have hanging their clothes in the same closet, but that's really the only marriage that they have. But they think, we used to have it really good. Like the, our first five years were great. What happened? How did things go south? And through counseling and through um, uh, just just a lot of self-reflection, a lot of 
just really asking themselves hard questions, they think, I don't, I want what I had. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm listening to you. What I'm hearing from you is, is if things go off the rails for any, for some reason, then, uh, well, it's, then it's done. We just have, we just have to quit. What I'm saying is that people will reach that point and they, they'll look at their marriage and say, this, this is, if we keep doing this, this is going to end. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I don't want it to end. What do I need to do to make it work? And both people say, have that attitude, then they have a good chance of making it work, if you ask me. They have to get back to what they were doing before that made it work in the first place. I'm hearing from you is when we hit a bump in the road, we just throw in the towel. Am I misreading you? Yeah, you're misreading me. Okay. All right. Well. So, when is the right time for a married couple to end their relationship? Oh, man. That's a loaded question, too. What if one wants to leave and the other doesn't? What if one wants to leave and the other wants to leave but refuses to leave? I mean, there's marriage is a, it's a difficult thing, honey. Very, so many emotions involved. What if both parties want to leave and um, just the emotion is keeping them together just because they're emotional? Mm. Yeah, but their logic mind knows maybe a long time ago already that she or he has to leave. Right. Well, to start a better life with there, another man or another woman. There's there's uh wanting to leave. There's there's maybe both parties know that this is unsustainable. We can't make this work. But there is a level of fear of what will people think of me? What will my family think of me if I divorce? I'll be labeled as the divorced one. Um, they might be a certain age where they think, I'd, I would rather have a companion in a dysfunctional marriage than be by myself. We don't, we don't know why people stay together in situations like that. There could be a, a thousand different reasons why people stay in bad marriages. Right, and then they will do things to hurt the other party. They will meet other women hmm. right. to satisfy their need because they cannot get it from their spouse and they lost interest in their spouse. <coughs> they basically maybe never spend time with their spouse mm -hmm. since marriage. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're we're going on abstract concepts here. We don't have any real, we don't have any solid stories here to go on. We're, we're basically just theorizing here. So there's only so much you can go with that. But I think, uh, I think what we're, the common ground that we both have is, um, 
you want you don't want to be in something where you're not wanted. Maybe maybe would be a good way to describe what Sana and I are both saying. Um, like you do what you have to do. Like I think there's an obligation to at least try to fix a marriage, at least try before you end it. I think people would feel an obligation to do that. People are not going to, uh, a marriage, especially one where they're, they've got years and decades of their lives invested in it. They're not just going to walk away without trying to fix it. Some people do. I've heard stories where men just up and like, it seems to the woman, it seems like it's just out of nowhere. Is it really out of nowhere? I don't think so. But women will, will say, things were going great. And he just up and left out of the clear blue sky. He just told me he was leaving. Well, I don't, I don't believe that. I think that there were plenty of warning signs. <laughs> um, but responsible adults will feel an obligation to at least address, at least try to make it work before calling it quits. They would, they would feel obligated to at least try. They're not going to just, they're not going to just say, yeah, I've had enough of this. I'm going to, I'm going to leave. Here's my two week notice. It's not a job. Marriage is not a job. Maybe that's what I'm hearing from you is you, you compare it to a job. No, I don't compare it with a job. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm misunderstanding no, what you're saying, but where one party knowingly do things that knows the uh, his or her partner absolutely do not agree, and they that partner will constantly yeah, and it's not a matter of a day or two; it could go for months and years. I think if the, it, and the party <coughs> will put a condition for this marriage for another partner, mm-hmm. the either this way or a highway. So, right. of course, the other party will say highway means divorce. Let's mm. end this because okay. I cannot take it. Yeah, I, I think if, if, if someone is confronted about a flaw that is fatal to their marriage and they refuse to change, then obviously, then it has to end. So, yeah, okay. I, I, I agree with you there. But if two people are willing to face the music and own their faults, own their failures... And say, I don't, whatever I've done to make this dysfunctional, I don't want to do that anymore. This has been a fascinating conversation. I've enjoyed this. I wasn't exactly sure where the, what the direction was going to go with it, but uh, there it is. My name is James and this is my wife, Sana. Together we are known as James and Sana. And you can find us on the web at jns.media, jns.media. We have a full service podcast production an education service. And if you are thinking about getting into podcasting, then uh, check us out. The uh, website or the URL for that is gsd.network. GSD is short for getting stuff done. And that's what we do. So there's going to be more to share on this podcast feed. Uh, Educational, 
things that we just have in the works, and now that we're together here in Vietnam, we're going to be able to work on them together. And uh, we're looking forward to that, making announcements soon. But until then, we wish you a very fond farewell, and we'll be in your earballs very soon. Thank you.